Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Oh, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Sports Honchos. Live from New York and Maryland, out of D.C. area, yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and everybody say hello to Mr. Honchos himself, Robert Cuny. R.K., how are you, buddy? Greetings and salutations, everybody. Happy to be back on Wednesday evening where we belong. I hope you all did enjoy, though, last week's uh, Radio McMuffin. Apologies to McDonald's for your breakfast honchos last Friday. But we're back. It was and as delicious. they used to say, and better than ever. So I am doing well. How are you, Paulie? Well, you know, we're not going to talk about it on air, but we're 15 minutes late. You know, other than that, I'm I'm fine. You know, it was my fault, friends. <laughs> Good. I just wanted to tape. That was your fault. It's on the record that. Okay, let me give everybody a riddle. What has two thumbs? Is boyishly handsome, bald, and came unprepared for tonight's broadcast. This guy. This is why you don't. Robert Cuny. Yes. This is why you don't uh, try out new equipment, so to speak, uh, right before you go on the air. Yeah. So how you even, doing, if, buddy? even if it's manscaped. Hey, uh, I'm I'm good now. Got a question. Any National Guardsmen staying at your house tonight? They're always here. <laughs> it's always the quartering act at Casa de Cuny. That is a nerdy U.S. history joke for all of my students who may be listening or right now deciding to transfer schools. All right. Well, look, pal. Um, how you doing? How am I doing? Uh, you know, uh, here we are. And uh, we're rolling along, a little delayed, and I'm I'm a little uh, viscoosed a little bit. So I had everything planned. I don't know what to say now. So you're a little famished, as my yeah, people would I mean, say. You messed me up, man. So all I'm going to say is hi, happy Wednesday, January thirteenth, twenty twenty one. Yes. Uh, and it's 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 not really that much different from twenty twenty, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, so far, we're no, here to have yet. a good time. We're here to have a good time. We uh we got to wrap up the college football and uh, we got hockey puck back tonight. Uh, we got football playoffs, all kinds of stuff going on, and we'll have a solemn moment a little later for your Washington Football Club for the Wolfskins. Don't say it. I see you said it already. <laughs> so we got lots to do. But Mr. Cooney, why don't you kick things off for us? What do you got? Okay, so I just I want to kick off 2021 with what I think is the story of the year, and let me just say. Or let me let Homer Simpson say before we get started. Anyone for penis? So here's here's. Well, hold on, we talked about this with management. Here this is, is the story, for. though. This is way I, too much. I can't We're help gonna it have when to I call see... ourselves something else besides the sports hot shows. When I see stories up the like male genitalia. I... Hey, but male genitalia is in in a roundabout way one of our sponsors, our chief sponsor. Without yeah, that's for penis later talk, on the there show, is no manscaping. Man. 
Okay, I'm just saying. But anyway, here's the story from The Guardian. Sorry, everybody. Here we go. Let me read the headline. You ready? This is great. This is why you tuned in tonight. Denmark launches children's TV show about – wait till you're finished drinking – about a man with a giant penis. Yes. Yes. You heard that correctly. Anyone for penis? So it's – so let me just read you the first few lines from The Guardian. John Dillermint has an extraordinary Hold on a second. penis. We might as well do this right now. This segment brought to you by our sponsors at Manscaped. Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com for 20% off your purchase and free shipping. Continue, and I don't Mr. forget Kennedy. to use this, the code HONCHOS, oh, yes, H-O-N-C-H-O-S. No, it's, yeah, so it's extraordinary, honchos. in fact, as I continue to read. So extraordinary, in fact, that it can perform rescue operations, etch murals, hoist a flag, and even steal ice cream from children. And that's really – if you've had ice cream stolen really? from you by a Is giant Is that really penis, in the show description? It's – Yes, it's if you've had ice cream stolen from you by a giant penis, your life is over. Years of Therapy is the sequel to this show. Uh, the Danish equivalent of the BBC DR is a new animated series aimed oh God, at four to eight-year-olds about John Dillerman, the man with the world's longest penis who overcomes hardships and challenges with his record-breaking genitals. Unsurprisingly... The series has provoked debate about what good children's television should and should not contain. So the hardest part, if you'll pardon the expression about this story, are some of the names. Uh, Area Heinesen, it's got the H and the O with the line through it. Hoisted, I'm just going to call her Hoisted, Dr. Hoisted, a clinical psychologist who works with families and children, Said she believed the show's opponents may be overthinking things. Needless to say, people are outraged at this story. John Dillerman talks to children and shares their way of thinking. And kids of all ages, I add parenthetically, kids do find genitals funny, which is oh so true. Especially someone like me with the maturity level of a nine-year-old. The show depicts a man who is impulsive and not always in control, who makes mistakes like kids do. But crucially, Dillerman always makes it right. He takes responsibility for his actions. When a woman in the show tells him that he should keep his penis in his pants, for instance, he listens, which is nice. He's accountable. Hoisted conceded the timing was poor and that a show about bodies might have considered depicting, quote, difference and diversity beyond an oversized diller. That's the Danish slang for penis. Dillerman literally means penis man. But this is categorically not a show about sex, she said. To pretend it is projects adult ideas on it. So I say, good for Denmark. I mean, that I show... Say, I'm sorry once again to uh, especially any new um, listeners, subscribers to... you know. I mean, I work real hard to try and push this show. And me and Rob have uh, discussed you know, where the trajectory of, of our listenership is going. And there's a trend that's going on in this show where Rob seems to be fixated on having penis stories. And I have a feeling, Rob, it might be affecting listenership. Because the article, like the article says, people do kids, and we are trying to get kids of all ages on no, this see, fine we're, program. We're, 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 we're kids do find penis talk show funny. here, and we have an explicit label on our, on our fucking show, and we don't want and any fucking kids tuning in here. No. 
But listen, when you see – when I see an article that says there's a show in any country, a cartoon show, and the picture – obviously we're not on TV. You can't see the picture. It's John Dillerman grilling steaks and holding the tongs over the grill is his enormous penis. So how can I not share that with the our devoted and hopefully freshly manscaped listening audience? So there you go. Denmark, everyone, make your travel plans for Christmas 2021. And I am riding edit the show, edit the beginning yeah, of the we'll, show for we'll the take, archives. We'll take the last five minutes out in, pre, in post-production. You'll never hear this, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, unless you're listening live, but that's the, that'll be on the uh, the director's cut. I'm in, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to and say. just a little inside baseball when I send Paul emails about what we should talk about today. What did I say? So, uh, did I say a uh, uh, worst children's book ever? Because I like taking Paul by surprise with these things. You're yeah he, okay. I I did warn you though. To, I waited until you finished drinking something before I said it, just in case we had some sort of calamity. All right. Well, here's a calamity for you. We're a sports show, and are we? Let's wrap up this college football season, for God's sakes. Big championship oh, game there the other night. A couple of teams I, played. I, I believe, yes, uh, Alabama has just scored Roll another tight. touchdown. 52-24. to 24. Hey, by the way, for you gamblers out there, guess what the over-under was on this game? 76. It's You know, it's like they know what they're doing in Vegas. So... Rolled over Ohio State, and then they rolled into the streets of Tuscaloosa, yep. baby. Roll damn tide. University of Alabama winning their third college football playoff championship, I believe, and Nick Saban's seventh championship, sixth with coach. Alabama. He he's, he can coach a bit, and he makes a mean Aflac commercial. Sure does, in those man. blue blazers. Um, it was, despite the final score, for a while in that game, it was looking like it was going to be a back-and-forth affair. Alabama would roll down the field and score. Ohio State would come back. Uh, and then a couple bad plays later, next thing you know, Alabama's running out to a 35-17 halftime lead. They never look back. And if you're wondering, hey, I wonder if this Devontae Smith kid really deserved the Heisman. Player of the game in one half, mind you, 12 receptions, 200-plus yards, and three touchdowns in a half. He was out there. Those that never had not seen Alabama play this year were like, what's all the hype on this kid? I mean, he was spectacular. Now, it didn't hurt that Ohio State decided to pick one of its slowest linebackers to cover Devontae Smith that night, but it was a clinic. Now, any doubters as to who the best player in college football was, all those doubts were silenced. And all those people that said after a six-touchdown performance against Clemson, that Justin Fields is the best quarterback in college this year. Well, again, that's – remember my warning from last week. Don't let one game fool you. And I'm not saying after this game where he was okay, I guess. Nothing compared to Mac Jones on the other side for Alabama, but maybe not the best quarterback in college this year. Still good. But his last four games, three of them have been mediocre to poor, and one has been really good, fueled by revenge and a really stupid coach in Dabo Swinney. So we'll see what happens. We'll see, as they say, what happens at the next level. 
Who knows if Mac Jones can play at the next level? I'll tell you who can, though, Paulie. Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, who should have been the second string receiver, really should have been your Heisman Trophy winner this year if he hadn't gotten hurt. Najee Harris also had three touchdowns in the game. Six touchdown passes for Mac Jones, or five, excuse me. It was it was a clinic. So uh, I guess the question is, is, does everybody want to see the same shit show next year? Outside of Alabama? I don't know. But, you know, somebody brought up this point. I believe it was Dennis Dodd of CBS who said, let's say you ex- it was expanded this year. He was arguing against the expansion of playoffs. In response to that very question, is it boring? Are people getting tired of seeing the same old teams? And he said, look, if you took the next four logical candidates, Florida, Texas A&M, Cincinnati, Georgia, would any of those teams be in the championship game against Alabama? Certainly, would any of the- none of those teams would have beaten Alabama. Maybe Florida would have come close like it did in the regular season. But we would have had probably the same result. So you'd have more games leading to the same result. I don't know that I agree with that argument, but I see the merits of it that maybe four is the best number because you're just going to get the same result. But there need to be some sort of wholesale changes. Do you put an asterisk on this football season, this college football season, as far as putting this no. championship up against the last couple of years. No, I, and I don't put a I don't put an asterisk on the Lightning Stanley Cup. I don't put an asterisk on the Lakers winning the championship. Uh, I don't put an asterisk on the Dodgers winning because although there were less games played and the circumstances were different, everyone still had to to fight through the elephant in the room, which is the pandemic, which is COVID, and had to put up with a lot of changes and a lot of different approaches, different ways you do things. I mean, they made the point in the game on Monday, Herb Street and Fowler, who, by the way, let me just say, of all the announcers that do football, pro, and college, God, those two are the best. I wish Herbie and Fowler would do every game. When they did the Monday night football game in the beginning of the season, chef's kiss wonderful. I've actually anyway, co- I've contacted them about doing the cold open on the sports honchos. That'd be great. Do they have books, Danish books about big penises? <laughs> no, that's what Okay, I, well, then they're, then they're fired. I, I want to change things up here. But anyway, they said that that what people don't talk about enough is these kids played their asses off, devoted themselves to the whole season, the Alabama kids and all the other college football players, and they weren't allowed to be college students. Their lives were – and I don't know. There's crocodile tears here for the college kids. I get it. They're, they're free education on TV, blah, 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 making millions in the pros. But for most of those kids, you got 100-plus players on that field that night, but you know Ohio State and Alabama, they go to class. They go to practice. They go back to their dorm. There's no walking around campus. There's no going out. There's no partying. There's it's that we know of. I mean, you know, let, let, let's not be cynical just for a second. So they had to put up with a kind of a monastic lifestyle and didn't get to enjoy being college kids this year. And despite that emotional baggage and what everything else that's going on in the world, they still managed to, to mow through their opponents in a way, quite frankly, we haven't seen in a while from Alabama. So I don't put an asterisk by this or by the, any of the others because they had a, every, these teams, these champions have had a different opponent this year, their usual opponent in the sport, and all of everything that's going on with COVID. So an asterisk, no. It's not as though they just decided to play less games and everything else was normal. Nothing about this season was normal. You know what? You ever see in the movies and it's in the future and like you walk in and then there's like a, a podium with a video screen on it? 
and like it's a, like an old museum or something like that, and it's somebody from the past, and they're giving this sad kind of story about what happened. They should take that clip that you just you just did for all those college kids, and they should set that up <laughs> for all the teams that didn't win this year, <laughs> and put that in the walkway or the hallway of the main entrance of every college of you just saying it was a different year. Everybody should. Well, you know, well, I'm not. I'm not saying it was. I'm not trying to minimize it. <laughs> Feeling down? Watch this Robert no, Cutie video of Mickey you asked, gay. You asked if there should be an asterisk, and I'm saying no, there shouldn't be, because this yeah, isn't a well, typical year. And I, I, I tell you, I tell you what, I was throwing the angle of all the, you know, the, the bowl games were different. Um, the the whole the season was kind of, you know crammed, crumpled, like a, you know, it was like an accordion. It was just a, a mishmash and everything else. So I'm, I, I guess my feeling is the CFP this year really wasn't any different as far as the, you know, the teams that got in and the final result as compared to a normal college, normal college season and a COVID college season. They really weren't that different as far no. as the end result. I'll tell you what, what wasn't different at all was in every other year other than the the final four the cfp nobody gives a shit about the bowl games and the same thing occurred this year here's what we learned is that those other bowl games they're nice but nobody really misses them there were some that were canceled people are like oh they still play that bowl game <laughs> so that's not going to change the 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 marginalization of the other bowl games it's just that's that's that not that's never going away Pandemic or otherwise. Are you relieved the season's over? Are you relieved the season, the college season's over? Football? Uh, yes. Okay. That's because now we can we can focus our attention on other things like the NFL playoffs and, of course, hockey, baseball, and whatever. That's right, baby. You know what's nice? Getting on the ice. Back tonight, baby. It's time to drop the puck. We also talk a little NBA, maybe very little. We always try to do some hot stove baseball. There it is, Rock. Come on, clap. No, no clapping. Let's go! I'm tragically All right, your Philadelphia Flyers are already up first place in the division. 6-3 win tonight over the crosstown rivals, the Pittsburgh Penguins. In the Battle of Pennsylvania. And the Habs are putting a, uh, they got a two-one lead going into the uh, in between first and second periods. Chicago and Tampa Bay on land of Vancouver and Edmonton, and then the late game, which I'm looking forward to, and I'll probably get to, is the St. Louis, Colorado. But puck is back, baby, and let's let's just stick and hang out here for Wait, a while. And, and buddy. you're burying the lead, Mr. Cuthbert. Tomorrow, Caps Buffalo for a two-game series. Rangers Islanders for a two-game series. Hockey starts tomorrow night. Today is a a four spice. You're right. As our people would say, it's a four spice. It's an appetizer. Get, you know, wet the whistle and such, and then tomorrow the real fun begins. The oldest team in the league, the Washington Capitals, start tomorrow. And the most exciting team in the NHL, which is the New York Rangers, will be playing uh, an AHL practice squad tomorrow called the Icelanders uh, to kick off their season as well. But, uh, hey, we almost became slightly older. You know, we were looking to to back up Samsonov with a four hundred year old Craig Anderson, another frozen caveman. Uh, but he's not on the team this year. We instead, it's our good friend Vitek Vanacek. So we got two goaltenders that are really young, 
one who's very inexperienced and one who's just slightly inexperienced. So we're young between the pipes. So hopefully hey, that makes up for some of the age all elsewhere. All got to do is roll Cedeno out and just lay him down in front of the goal. Set. Did you did you see the video of Kuznetsov trying to play with Chara's stick? And I don't mean that in a dirty way. He, it, it it looked like a child playing with his with a grown ups hockey stick. It was quite fun to watch. But when you're playing with Frankenstein, you know six nines. It's just it. It was quite enjoyable to see. I Hopefully that's you, just for practice. For anybody who's not a Capitals fan, the Cap season is going to be fun to watch. I, I, I think it's I think it's too early to start talking to do any sort of trash talking about each other's teams if you when lose we're both to the Buffalo Sabres tomorrow o. night. You're gonna get it from me, pal. Great. Okay. The upstart, clean living, Buffalo Sabres, clean living. It may not be as long a season, but it's still a long season, 56 games. So, you know, talk to me after 28. Quick question not after for you two. before we head into the quick question. Do you have any business investments with Amanda Kane? No. No, and I hope nobody else does. When Mr. $28 million in debt. Holy shit, what a story. Here's an idea, Evander. How about instead of three houses? I don't know, maybe one. I only live in one. Call me crazy. I know I'm not I don't feel like I'm missing out on what life has to offer with only one roof over my head. I can't we there's we all work so hard just to get like you know, to pay my my cable bill every month is like yeah. It is exciting. You know, and it's like, and, you know, I, hockey is a, all sports to get to that professional level is incredibly hard. And I'm just thinking of all the, the, the practice, and then you get there, and then you get that contract, and then you make that money. For those of you who are, you know, gambling addicts, and I, you know, and I, I've known a few, and we've had a couple stories here on the Sports Honchos with the, carton and everything else you know it brings to light because you know the obviously a big part of his debt here is his gambling addiction too and um that's just it astonishes me the the having that much money and then not having it is just mm-hmm. it blows my mind yeah you you don't understand uh, you and i will never understand what it's like to have millions of dollars at our disposal but relatively speaking it's some. It's we've all been there. We unless we had a money. penis buck in America here. Exactly. We've all <laughs> we've all had money and we spend it, and then before we realize, we're like, hey, where'd the money go? And not even on gambling addiction or buying lavish things or luxury items. It's just you start to pay your bills, go out to eat, do whatever people do to spend their money, and you realize, hey, where did it all go? So when you have when you're 28, 29 million in debt, whatever he is, or whatever he blew, Vander Kane, he has bigger needs, bigger tastes, et cetera. I'm not surprised, but it is just, it's astounding that all that money in a Brewster's millions kind of way just goes up in smoke. And it's not just, it's not just NBA players. You seem to hear like NBA players a lot and, and football players seem to go through their money. It's, it's people with money. People, when they, especially if you've never had a lot of money, 
you know, you get a lot of money and your instinct is, yeah, I'll buy a car here, a house there, buy my mom a house, you know, do all these nice things. Next thing you know, oh, I'll take care of all the people that have stuck with me through thick and thin. It was thin, now it's thick. And you know, where'd all the money go? You know, it is sad. And it's even more, especially now, especially if you're in America, or pretty much everywhere in the world, but primarily here in this country right now with, with everybody who's struggling. Yep. You know, and those of us who are being able to continue on and, and waiting for things to get better and turn around. I mean, so many people have lost so much. And you think of the money that was just wasted at, you know, some of the things. And I know he's not the only one. Nope. I'm trying not to pimp. It's just an astonishing story. I can't wrap my head around. Well, there's there's a couple of things at play. One, if I don't know the background of Evander Kane. They come from a poor family, middle-class family, rich family, whatever. But if you've come from nothing or from middle-class, lower middle-class, whatever, and you've never experienced life-changing money and spending that kind of money from a psychological standpoint, the first thing you want to do is experience what it's like to spend money as though you didn't have a care in the world. Secondly, there are some people it's, it, that, that, that we find that the most generous people are the people that have uh, so little to give. So you come from a place where you had nothing to give, and now all of a sudden you have money, and you want to share it. You want to share the experience. People that are really wealthy, unless you're Bill Gates, who can donate a billion dollars and not blink, you don't get really wealthy by giving your money away or spending it foolishly. And they've come from wealth, and they know this. So someone like Evander Kane, there's probably little of that. First time in his life he's had this kind of money. You know, there's no way that you can really look to to say, well, what should I do with this? If you're not from that kind of family money, you can't turn to your parents and go, hey, you've got millions of dollars. Now I have millions of dollars. Can you help me figure out how to spend it? It's, hey, no one in this family has ever had this kind of money. Let me start spending it because that kind of money is never going to run out. Unfortunately, what, what, what blows it me, does. What blows me away, 2021, and there's been so many documented stories of Guys who've just blown their money, women who, blow, you know, whatever. I mean, you get this rich and then you just make stupid mistakes. I mean, it's, you know, and for me, I know a couple of the guys, Jack Johnson's recently gone through it too, a uh, guy on the Rangers that he, they picked up from, uh, you know, uh, Penguins playing with us this year too. I mean, there's a, lots of guys have been through it. I get it. Well, I just don't understand how, you know, there's, there's so many ways to avoid this in terms of um, just looking at bad stories from the past and also getting financial advisors you know, it just should be one of these – when he goes in to sign that contract, yeah. and I guess, look, anybody, a lawyer, anybody sits on and turn around, hey, Paul, man, I can't tell the guy what he can do with his money or not. I can advise him. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, the three houses, yeah, that's insane if that's what he's got. Look, some guys, you know, some guys, they there's money they spend on cars, just – Shit that just, like, doesn't move. Like, they buy this car, they put it in a garage, and they might take it out every nope. one or two days, a year or something. It's just, it's insane. But it just, the, the amount of money, wrapping my head around it, and then all the work that you had to put in to get to that, you know, get to that success of becoming a, a pro athlete and then getting that contract, and it's gone? I just, oh. You never think it's going to happen to you. When people, and that's, I, I, it's not something I do, 
But it's been a big thing now with COVID because all of us musicians who usually, like I, my big company, we're done. Our big bands are done. We don't look, looks like we're not going to be able to get back playing until 2022. We'll see what happens as far as playing indoor or whatever. But a lot of guys now, guys and girls out there playing, it was something I never did was put a tip cup out or anything like that. But now it's like, and, and if anybody ever came up and put something out, and I, I still don't do it. People will just come up and they'll, it's an appreciation thing. But I, what I'm getting at is, even me, and I'm okay financially, everything's good, but even as a performer and somebody comes up and I go, oh, thank you for your kindness, not necessary. It might be a buck. It might be five. Some people put 20 in, some people 100 bucks in. I'm so grateful for that. And then it maybe helps me get the kids lunch or something like that. I mean, to me, a guy just wrapping my head around that kind of fame and fortune, and just to lose it like that is just, oh, you want, you want, you, I just want to bang my head against the wall, and I'm spending too much time on it. I'll bang my head later. Okay. Just like Quiet Riot. There you go. All right, so look, <laughs> uh, with the NHL coming back and everything else, uh, it's exciting. I was checking out some of the game earlier. Uh, it was just great to see the teams playing. It's a, a whole thing now with all of us. We're, we're pretty much used to not seeing fans in the stands. Uh, there's a couple of franchises this year that are going to have them, so it'll be pretty cool. Um, you know, as far as New York and the East Coast is concerned, all the governors are going to make their their changes. That they've recently, Cuomo here has recently announced that they're going to try and open things up a little bit. So you might start seeing some fans getting to the stands sooner than later, coinciding with the vaccine and all that other stuff. But it was just great to turn the game on and see teams playing, and it means something, yep. and this should be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the league's uh, doing a lot of fun stuff. We've lost a lot of things like the All-Star game and with the Classic, but we picked up a couple of outdoor games. Uh, Robbie, tell us about two and, and maybe talk about some of the changes. We're in the media as far as what they've done at NBC and as far as the broadcasting, which is such a big thing with all sports leagues right now, with advertising, and uh, we've talked about that, naming rights for the divisions, uh, advertising on the, on the ice. So there's a lot happening here uh, with the NHL start, but for us fans and for me just to turn the game on, and I can't wait to watch the Rangers and Islanders tomorrow. I can't wait to watch the games and all the highlights. No more speculation, waiting, wanting. We got games now. We can talk about line changes, coaches' decisions, uh, just all saves, highlight shots, everything. It's, it's, it's awesome and it's exciting, and, and thanks to the NHL for coming back. And it's, it's, by the way, Dallas, Florida, Arizona will be starting this year with some fans. And Columbus and Pittsburgh hope to allow some fans soon. So, Sweet. Knock on wood. Um, yeah, so uh, NBC had two big losses uh, going into this season. One, the great Doc Emmerich, of course, announced his retirement, which is, makes, means he's irreplaceable. But they have to have somebody calling the games. And good old... The shoe man himself. Your buddy. The only person, the only person who's allowed to take off his shoe in an athletic contest and use it any way he sees fit. Old Mike Milbury. Uh, he was gone from the Stanley Cup coverage earlier this year, and NBC made it official that he is finito after 14 years uh, as one of the analysts, one of the studio analysts in NBC. Um, he made what many deem to be an inappropriate comment about women, he said to Brian Boucher, if you think about it, this was actually during the uh, Islanders' serious clinching win against my Washington Capitals. He said to Brian Boucher, he said, if you think about it, it's a terrific environment, talking about the bubble, with regard to if you enjoy playing and enjoy being with your teammates for long periods of time, it's a perfect place. 
That's what Boucher said. And then Meg Milbury said, not even any women here to disrupt your concentration. And NBC pulled the plug on old Mike Milbury. Uh, and now they made it official. He it doesn't is sound done. that bad when you say it, Rob. No. But, when you know, this is a guy who also in his past, Milbury, who said uh, that – in a qualifying round game between Pittsburgh and Montreal, Milbury said playing in an empty arena was, quote, like being at a college women's hockey game. Yeah, that's nice. So, you know, the NHL would like to attract and keep its female fans and its male fans as well. So they said, you know, it's now is not the time for these shenanigans. See you later. So, you know, uh, in his place. Yes, sir. You're pointing at I was yes, just going to say that Milbury and Rona could do a great podcast together. Yeah, good luck to them. I'd like to push them both over the over the falls in a barrel. Um, sorry, did I say that out loud? Uh, so in his place is uh, Mike Babcock, okay? oh. former uh, former Toronto coach. Mike Babcock With is going to be taking over for him. He beats and tortures his players. Yeah, but doesn't beat and torture women apparently. So as oh, long okay. as it's your own players, it's okay. But All you know, right. when you start comparing hockey games to you know, empty arenas to women's college hockey games, that's a bridge too far. So he will be in the studio. Uh, Ryan Callahan, your pal, and Dominic Moore will also be debuting as studio analysts, along with the usual Keith Jones, Anson Carter, Patrick Sharp, Catherine Tapp, and Liam McHugh will still maintain their studio host duties. Uh, the people replacing Doc Emmerich, and it takes obviously more than one person to replace him, uh, Kenny Albert, Brendan Burke, John Forsland, uh, with Eddie Olchick, Brian Boucher, Pierre Maguire uh, – Pierre Maguire. You know, I don't wish harm on anyone, but it's too bad that Pierre Maguire hasn't said anything stupid enough to get fired. Uh, Kendall Coyne. He said a lot of stupid things. He just hasn't offended anybody. Not enough to get fired. He just hasn't offended anybody. I don't like to say anything about another member of the Brotherhood, the Bald Brotherhood, but, you know, we can only hope that maybe this year he puts his foot in his mouth uh, and gets canned. So that's that's the media changes. Um, By the way, uh, two guys from New York, Kenny and Brendan. Yes, sir. Phenomenal, phenomenal selections from New York, baby. Thank you very much. They don't hey, talk no like this, but excellent but they choices. should. When the Rangers and Islanders play, they should affect oh, a more go. thick accent. Forget about um, it. See that slap shot, baby. The best news, though, the best news of all is yes. The bad news is they canceled the Winter Classics, the outdoor games uh, this year at Target Field and at Carter-Finley Stadium in Raleigh. But in a, in a tip of the hat to the movie Mystery Alaska, and this is genius, they're going to play – I'll put this in quotes – a frozen pond game. They can't actually play on a frozen pond, as awesome as that would be because of safety concerns. But this year the NHL is playing two games in Lake Tahoe on a golf course. The Colorado Avalanche and Vegas Golden Knights will play on February 20th, and the Bruins and Flyers will play on uh, February 21st, both at 3 p.m. Check your local listings. The rink for this event will be on the 18th fairway of the golf course at Edgewood Tahoe Resort near the California-Nevada border in State Line, Nevada. That sounds pretty awesome. And if you've seen pictures, and if you haven't, I highly recommend you Google it. It does look like the movie Mystery Alaska. It's mountains, it's trees, it's outdoors, it's isolated. Um, it's like my backyard. Exactly. It's like my soul. Um, the Edgewood Resort <laughs> will become its own bubble. And that's kind of what they were going for. They wanted to bring the outdoor game, the pond game tradition, with a, a tip of the, the, the hat, obviously, to 
COVID, the pandemic, and certain protocols. Um, only those credentialed will be permitted through the gates. Everyone will be tested and adhere to strict protocols. We've heard that time and again. Teams and staff members will not be permitted to leave the grounds during their stay. Okay. Um, again, they couldn't actually play in a pond, but by building it on the 18th fairway, it's as close to the shoreline as you can get without actually stepping into the pond. So it's not pond hockey, but it's real, real close. As close as you can get without you know people drowning. Um, the NHL will build everything needed for an NHL game, but by design little else. It will create locker rooms that feel like wooden cabins. The players will shower at the hotel, and the scoreboard will be retro. The whole idea is for the teams to make their way to the rink and be isolated. I mean, that, again, it seems like nobody makes more lemon more lemonade out of the lemons of this pandemic than the NHL. What could be better? Then when you watch this on TV, it's going to look like a bunch of guys picked up sticks, went into the, the backyard, went to the pond, and decided, hey, the, the dongle's here, let's play a little hockey game. Yeah, no fans will be there. But I think under these circumstances, like they said, the, the isolated feel, it's going to be pretty awesome. Well, the whole thing here, obviously, it's you got to think, you know, this is Gary and the boys thinking outside the box. It's TV ratings. That's the only way they can get people to watch these games. So it's going to be a big spectacle. It won't be the uh, Winter Classic, obviously. But, you know, you can pretty much bet all of us hockey fans are diehards are going are gonna to tune in. And then uh, anybody who's just kind of piquing their interest and wants to watch something new, that'll be doing it. So I'm hoping uh, that a lot of people watch this stuff. And the NHL, obviously, too, because they hopefully they get a lot of advertising dollars from this. I mean, this is yeah. really what it's coming down to. They're being creative in a way to, to try and generate revenue. I mean, Gary's already talked about, um, you know, the hit they're going to take this year. Billions. So, yeah. No. Billions. The, the grim outlook for this season is billions. In fact, Bettman said it might be cheaper to shut the doors and not play, which is probably true. But in this case, he is sacrificing the bottom line for the league and for the owners and for the players because people need hockey. People need whatever sport it is, whatever diversion it is that gets them through these times. Would it be financially prudent to shut down the league? Who knows? But from an optics standpoint, from a court of public opinion standpoint, probably not, probably not have been the best move. So whatever they can do to keep, as, I, as I've been saying for weeks, whatever they can do to keep the lights on, even if it's that, you know, uh, Goss with the helmet entitlement partners, can't call it advertising, I'm fine with it. And something like the Lake Tahoe game? No, it's not the Winter Classic, but it's still going to be damn fun. Just just put a thumbtack on the wall or something. Because if and when, or not if, but when we get back to normal, it'll be very interesting because you know the league is going to have to the fans are ultimately going to pay. For- we always do. Yes. We are the ones that carry so, the freight. Beer prices, jerseys, tickets, everything. Now, the first year back, because they've done this before, because I used to be a, a half-season ticket holder for the Rangers. And then I can't remember. You know, this is the thing. There's been a few of them. I can't remember which lockout, which strike it was, whatever the heck it was. So the following year... Yeah, you all come back, same stuff. But then it was the it was the year after that when they got back to normal and everything else. They just changed everything. The prices went up. 
moved the seats. They did all kinds of different stuff. And that that's going to be interesting to take a, a keep an eye on. In, in maybe not one season ahead, but definitely two seasons ahead. You know it's going to be even more expensive than it is now to go see a national hockey game. And, and they need to be careful with the momentum they're building and the goodwill they're building by doing these things, staying open where they're going to take losses, finding creative ways to keep fans interested. They're going to build up a lot of goodwill going into right whatever the next normal season is, so they have to be careful. You know, they can't come back and stick it to the fans saying, as you said, here's your one year of reduced prices. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. And now we're going to stick it to you. So that's that's really that's that's the elephant in the room is what do you do when things get back to normal and how do you make up for the shortfall? And I think this is the NHL is going to be the league that has the biggest issue with that. Because baseball, basketball, football, they've all got the TV money. They're doing okay. But hockey doesn't have that. They have, as you said, they have to turn to us. We are the TV contract. And you got to keep them. Can't keep the it's – a, it's a very fine line they're going to have to walk between keeping the league alive and making up that money and keeping the fan interest. But for now, we've got a game in the middle of the mountains in Lake Tahoe. And that's good enough for me. might have to put one me. on the moon, though. Hey, Take some of this money back. They can get it on TV. I'll be right there to watch it. <laughs> we shall see. We All shall. Right. Well, like I said, puck is dropped. It's rolling. It's rocking. And uh, we'll see what happens with, uh, you know, the NHL now with COVID and uh, their protocols. Uh, everything, the testing seems to be going okay. Games have started. We're underway. A couple of guys in training camps had it. Uh, but only until they got back on the ice was were we as fans notified that uh, you know here in New York yep. because Avanajad was one of them, a couple other guys too. So that's just the way that's just going to be. I mean, if a guy comes down with it and they don't see upper body injury, who knows? I mean, the NHL's been that right. way too as far as injuries. So it'll always be a guessing game. But all of us now, I mean, does it really matter? All right, he's got COVID. He's going to sp- stay in bed for a couple of weeks. No big deal. He comes back. No, but we've already seen. You know, Dallas is not going to open up their season till the nineteenth. And we're seeing non-bubble, what the effect of not having the bubble, what that's going to mean. I know that, again, the NHL done a great job of with these four divisions saying you're only going to play the people in your division. You play back-to-back games uh, at the whatever site. Like the Caps are going to Buffalo tomorrow for two games. Uh, and then they'll play Buffalo again, two games at our place. Um, the North, the Canadian division will play 10 games, will play nine games because there's 10 of them. So they're limiting travel. They're limiting um you know, spacing out the teams geographically, but there's still no bubble. So we were very lucky with the NHL and their bubble and the NBA and their bubble. And now it's interesting to see a bubble list. We saw how it, you know, it impacted major league baseball, saw it impacted. It's impacting college basketball, professional basketball, how it's sort of impacted football. So that's the one, uh, the one question mark, the one mystery. Like mystery Alaska. Like hey, Mystery Alaska. Hey, See how we, we tied it all look together? Look at how so, you did that, Mr. Cuny. I, I'd love to say I did it on purpose. <laughs> well, like I said, it's back. Uh, it's exciting. It's just on it the is. way. And yep. we'll talk more hockey next week, obviously. We'll get some games, and we'll rip into the caps. And my Rangers will start their undefeated championship season tomorrow as well. Fifty-six and zero. Sure. Yes. Good luck to you. All right. As far as uh, baseball and hot stove, um, we did lose 
uh, a very famous, especially guys like me and you growing up, uh, as far as uh, the great Mr. Tommy Lasorda in L.A. Um, Yankees still have to try and figure out what they're going to do with the LeMahieu uh, situation. And, uh, again, some other news in terms of how baseball is going to come back with COVID. So I will, I will turn this over to you, Mr. Cuny, because you just have a way of talking. Actually, I was going to turn over to you. Tell me, as Mr. As the chief Yankee fan, I have in my notes here, what's going on with DJ LeMahieu? First, it was he was on track to sign with the Yankees. Now he's unhappy and what's going to test free agency. Are you going to keep this guy or not? Because he seems to be the key to you winning the series. You know in what? In your uh, words. Look, love, love the guy. I mean, in Yankee land, it's, it's tough sometimes to get attached, especially in the last few years. To certain guys because this happens and Tanaka's in the freaking trade rumor mill now too. So I mean, we don't we don't know. I I think I don't think you know. At the end of the day, it's out of our control. I'm kind of over. I love the guy. I, I hope he gets back here. He gets signed. He gets figured out. But you know, you can see just some of the signings and what some of the other teams have done. I mean, just talk about the amazings. You know, they're doing it too. There's just a guy like LeMay who doesn't really have to wait around anymore. So, look, either the Yankees have it, they don't have it. They know something we don't know, whether it's not as important for him for them to give him everything he wants. You know, whatever their constraints are, they, they aren't. I mean, he's shelled out a lot of money, you know, in the last couple of years to a couple of guys, and, and, and we're waiting. And LeMay who is just... An unfortunate part of the the Yankee monster, which is a combination of some great young guys that are coming into this organization, and then obviously a couple of key uh, experienced guys that they definitely need uh, to get them over the hump here, and, and that's the thing. What's the window now for the Yankees uh, compared to the rest of the league? They've gotten close the last couple of years, but they've kind of failed miserably, and it's it's LeMahieu is not. I look at it this way. They could get LeMahieu back, right? And that guy could go four for four every game. And he can he can do everything he wants. But if he's got nobody in base, if nobody else is hitting the ball, and the pitching staff isn't there, I mean, that's just a guy sitting on a team doing his job. But the Yankees have tons of other concerns beyond LeMahieu. So I'm at the point right now where, yes, get him. I don't, I don't run the pocketbooks over there. And... There's got to be a reason for the Yankees have, to have not gotten him at this point because money has usually never been an issue. If you Cole, can only have Cole one. being one of the big guys, but you know you spend a guy like that much money on a guy like Cole, what do you have left? And I, I don't know. If you can only have one, Tanaka or Lemayhu, which one? You, who are you keeping? Well, me, I'm home. I'm gonna, I'm gonna want Lemayhu because I, they, they still so desperately in a and a static line, uh, lineup as far as doing other things beyond hitting the ball out of the park. And I'm an old-school baseball guy. You know, I love seeing a guy like LeMahieu come up to the plate. You know? Tanaka, yeah. great. But I just think, you know, I think in baseball today, I, I don't know, it's a great question. You know, watching the last couple of seasons, you know, the last couple of World Series, it's, it's smoke beating, you know, 
you know, big guys on the on the bat, and the Yankees just have a problem with that. They'll they'll get back there. I think they'll beat the bash out of everybody else, you know, uh, in a regular season. But this year was kind of scary because they would just kind of you know shut down again, and um, so it doesn't so much. So in in that aspect, what I'm trying to say is, no matter whether Tanaka's pitching or anybody else, getting them in a winning situation for the offense. That doesn't. That hasn't helped them out. They've got. They've got issues as far as putting the ball into play and getting back to old school baseball and and, and generating runs in a different way beyond belting it out of the park. Yeah. So. No. Well, you know. Good luck to them. As I said, be great uh, to see both New York teams steamrolling towards the championship. Oh, the Mets! They're just taking all the headlines, baby. No, you guys have taken enough headlines. You guys can sit back for well, a while. Of course, we should. We're the best. We're the freaking Yankees, baby. Okay, so I, I'm not. I didn't go that far. <laughs> just, just saying. Anyway, you know who doesn't have to make a choice like that anymore? Because, well, he hasn't had to make a choice like that for a long time. Is Tommy Lasorda? We lost just because 2021 was feeling a little jealous about 2020. They decided to start this year off on the wrong foot by taking. The beloved, the beloved Tommy Lasorda of the Los Angeles Dodgers. 21 years as manager, 50 more in the Dodgers organization, whether it was a washed-up, failed minor league pitcher or just as an ambassador for the organization. But what strikes me about Tommy Lasorda right off the bat, pardon the pun, is we know plenty of players. There's plenty of flamboyant larger-than-life players, but not a lot of managers anymore. Not a lot of managers. I mean, nobody goes to games to watch the managers. I get it. But managers used to have this larger-than-life personality that sort of informed the rest of the team, that the team seemed to follow the lead, the personality of the manager. And Tommy Lasorda was certainly was chief among them. Of guys, again, you wouldn't pay to see Lasorda, but any night that you came to Dodger Stadium, you might get a show. Or if you were on the, you're watching the Dodgers as the road team, you might get a show, especially if you're playing in Philly and he had to battle the Philly fanatic. You know, players would call him names and he would come right back at them. Hey, he was one of the last true, outside of the players, characters of the game. And it's, it's funny that people say, let's put the fun back in the game, make baseball fun again, all these things to, you know, make it a more fan-friendly experience, have the players having more fun. Nobody had more fun than Tommy Lasorda. Even when he was really angry, we have a couple of video clips of how angry he can get. Know, it's funny. He's had a lot of fun on and off the field. You know? Well, <laughs> True. <laughs> Um, and by the way, at 93, uh, he was the oldest living member of the Hall of Fame, and now that honor moves to Willie Mays. Um, so it's it's it's. I mean, what really can you say? I'm not a Dodger fan, but I knew who Tommy Lasorda was, and I was a fan of Tommy Lasorda. I think one thing that Lasorda did that baseball would love to recapture is Lasorda had a way of bringing people to baseball games, bringing f- people who were not baseball fans to be interested in baseball. And there are a number of players that have a great personality that could probably do the same thing, but there's something about the manager. It's almost like he's the adult in the room. Sometimes literally he's the adult you're playing with a bunch of kids. 
And I don't know that baseball has a lot of these guys. I mean, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. was certainly one that brought a lot of people to the game who may not have been necessarily baseball fans. But it's harder and harder to find those. And I think baseball would love to have a manager like Lasorda, certainly someone who was successful. I mean, right out of the gate, his first full season, first or second full season, I believe, as manager, he got him to the World Series. A few years later, he won. So it's it's we've not just lost a great man, a great ambassador for the game, a great manager. And if he hadn't been pals with was it Mike Piazza's dad, he wouldn't have taken a chance on drafting Mike Piazza in what the seven thousandth round of the of the Major League Baseball draft. How'd that work out? So, I, it's it's we've lost someone the likes of which we may not see again in our lifetimes. And oh. baseball baseball is the worst for it. I mean, twenty years with the same team. Yeah, I just mean, as that, manager. Yeah, not even as just I mean, it's almost over fifty years. In addition to that, just his whole life, seventy of of his ninety three years, something like that, he spent in the organization. That's incredible. And he had a great quote, too. When he, you know, the Dodgers for, let's see, from 56 to what, 98, whatever it was, 97, had two managers. They had Walt, the great Walter Alston, who managed the team in Brooklyn. That's how long he was with the Dodgers. He retires at the end of the 76 season. They bring in Tommy Lasorda. Uh, Vin Scully says, are you feeling any pressure, you know, following a legend? They said this to young Tommy the store in 76. Named the manager after Alston. Vince Scully says, are you feeling any pressure following a legend? Tommy the store says, I'm not worried about the guy I am following. I'm worried about the guy that's going to have to follow me. <laughs> now that, you want to talk about a man with, with cojones. A man with Stugatz. From the East Coast, baby. What do you expect? You know, I mean, it's... <laughs> and by the way, he was right. Because the guy that followed him, Bill Russell, but not the... Champion with the Celtics, Bill Russell, no. not the whole thing. Basketball totally player. different guy. Uh, he lasted three years. <laughs> and his, his, his Dodgers managerial career was about as memorable as mine. <laughs> so he was right. Yeah, that was pretty up and down for you, Mr. Cuny. Yeah. You managed it. was career. short, but forgettable. Yes. <laughs> well, what can I we can say make about another that? joke there, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep that to myself. Oh, you can hear that in the third hour of the show, Graham. So what do you got? What do you got? A couple of clips here from old Tommy or what? Okay, so the first one is a very brief clip. I'm not sure of all the particulars, but apparently he was filming a commercial or some sort of promotional spot, and he really wanted to get back to his team. And the film crew was having all kinds of problems, and Tommy the sort of – you'll hear a very patient and calm individual between takes of this particular – uh, promo, And then we have, after that, the classic Lasorda clip, which I'll talk about when we finish with this one. Hey, tell them son of a bitch is up there. That if, that t- if I go one more fucking time and this thing don't work, I'm going to grab their fucking asses. I'm fucking tired of this shit. <laughs> hey, I got to get ready now. I got to get in the right fucking frame of mind. The fucking assholes. <laughs> So, 
So yeah, he's oh, he's trying to get ready for a game. They want to film some sort of like it sounded like since Sid last October, some sort of hey, welcome to the season sort of promotional film, and it took too long. And the star's like, I gotta go. I got a baseball game to prepare for. But again, he was calm and friendly about it. This other oh, yeah, <laughs> this other clip, which it was is like a me classic. And you before we went yeah. on air tonight, <laughs> oh, it was even worse. It, it was talking about uncensored. Um, this is a clip from I think. 78, uh, Dave Kingman had just, you know, hit three home runs and beat the Dodgers' brains in. Um, and, and this is, for all of you uh, junior uh, sports writers out there who wish to take a lesson in asking questions to managers or coaches after a game, just, you know, be careful what you wish for. So this was a baseball writer who clearly had a relationship with Lasorda. They obviously knew each other, um, and there was some ball busting there, but... It was a very simple question. The question was, what did you think of uh, Kingman's performance? Remember, Kingman beat Lasorda's Dodgers three home runs, and the rest is hilarity. With bleeps, by the way. There we go. Big comments about your feelings on the game. Well, naturally, I feel bad about losing a ball game like that. There's, uh, there's no way you should lose that ball game. And... That uh, just doesn't make sense. What's your opinion of Kingman's performance? What's my opinion of Kingman's performance? What the f*** do you think is my opinion of it? I think it was put that in. I don't opinion of his performance. He beat us with three home runs. What the f*** do you mean, what is my opinion of his performance? How can you ask me a question like that? What is my opinion of his, of, of his performance? He hit three home runs. I'm f***ed off to lose the game. And you ask me my opinion of this performance. I mean, that's a tough question to ask me, isn't it? What is my opinion of his performance? Yes, it is. I asked it, and you gave me an answer. Well, I didn't give you a good answer because I'm mad, but I mean... <laughs> that wasn't a good question. That's a tough question to ask me right now. What is my opinion of his performance? I mean, you want me to tell you what my opinion of his performance is? He just did. That's right. <laughs> Guy hits three home runs against us. Tommy! So, what's, what's great about that is, is just there's those random beeps. Like in between, when he's taking a breath or in between thoughts, there's just a beep here. Um, so, Tommy, Classic. I mean, obviously known for more than just what he said to the media and what he said in public and his sense of humor, but he will be missed. It was a great baseball mind. Clearly you don't, you don't last in LA for 21 years without doing something right. Won a couple series, uh, went to a couple more. He's, he's Tommy. Tommy Lasorda is an American sports classic. That's it. Yep. That's it. He was the goods. He was. And he'll be missed. And there's, there's all sorts of tributes planned um, I believe the Dodgers are going to paint the number two uh, on the field somewhere. I have to see more about that. But there's there's plenty of tributes already and plenty of tributes planned when the season starts. So Duly he will not – his death will not go. And, and he was alive. He was alive. And even though he was in failing health, he was – he did get to see the Dodgers uh, from the owner's suite win the World Series this past October. So, yeah, so he got to go out on a high note. 
Good stuff. We miss you, Tommy. Condolences to your family and friends, no doubt about it, and the Dodgers yep. organization. All right, let's leave the Super diamond here, Super Sky buddy. Point. What? Super Sky Point to Tommy Lasorda. Super Sky Point. Well done, Mr. Cuny. All right, uh, you want to talk about the hardwood little NBA at all, or are we good? Uh, we should just mention. You got anything pressing? We should just mention that right before I went on the air, uh, James Harden was traded. There's like a thousand teams involved, a bunch of draft picks. Uh, but he was just traded a couple hours ago from Houston to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, look, first of all, this is why the NBA stinks because it's a player's controlled league. A player whines, he gets traded out of town immediately. Uh, and the commissioner just sort of sits back and lets it happen. But if you're Steve Nash and you already have to deal with the headache that is Kyrie Irving and now you've got an even bigger headache in James Harden. You are now presiding over the most dysfunctional team in the NBA in the Brooklyn Nets. And, I, and I'll tell you, if, if Durant, if Kevin Durant can win a championship with this team, with Irving and Harden, and, and, and Durant's no, uh, no picnic either, but at least on the court, he's rock solid. If he can win a championship with this crew, he will take his place as one of the great players ever. I mean, sure, it's easy to win with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. But try winning with these two dopes, with Harden and Irving, I, I, again, cementing his reputation as one of the greats ever. You know, a lot of draft picks changed hands, some players changed hands, but the big story is Brooklyn now, they said, well, one headache isn't enough. Give us another one. So we'll see. We'll see what... <laughs> The oft-injured, and I don't feel like playing Kyrie Irving with Harden, who scores a lot, alienates his teammates, and disappears in the biggest moments. So, good it's luck. Nice. There's a nice view from Barclays of the city. Well, you, got that that, will, you got maybe that, that going will, for you. Maybe that's what's going on here in Brooklyn, you know? Yeah, they're, kinda, nice. they're trying to do what the Amazons are doing, stealing headlines, bringing in players, mixing things up here for the fans – to try and bring a championship back to the boroughs. Yeah. Well, so, good luck to him. Good luck indeed. <laughs> All right, pal. Well, look, before we um, head on over to the gridiron and all the great National Mediocrity League, it's time for our sponsor spot. Hey. All right. So, Alrighty. we got a little something here for the guys to pay attention to. And uh, for our lady honchos, yeah, things are a little rough downstairs. Pay attention to what Mr. Cuny's got for you right now. Let's uh, yeah, let's break from the hilarity to remind the good folks out there in radio and podcast land that support for the sports honchos is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Now look, Woo! folks. We all know that that is a very sensitive area south of the equator. You don't want to be using, you know, rusty garden shears or some nail clippers no, down there because no. any sort of accident could be fatal. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, including... The new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Again, it's a great name. They also have a product called the Plow. 
I mean, the names alone are fantastic. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. Remo, the battery. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. And again, I add parenthetically, if you're spending 90 minutes down there, thank God you've got Manscaped. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Not bad. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. For those of you that want to do this in the dark, they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor. Sounds painful. With quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. How could we forget about the charging stand? Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB technology. If you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off and free shipping. Free shipping. Free shipping with the code honchos, H-O-N-C-H-O-S, at manscaped.com. Hey, Make your testies their besties. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code honchos, H-O-N-C-H-O-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping and, I'm sorry, at manscaped.com. And use the code honchos, your balls. Well, thank you. And Rob, let me just be clear. When you say you want everybody to experience this, that you don't mean that you're going to go there and... Uh, you know, I have, you do know, the for manscaping a, for for a price. You want people to do this on their own. I uh, yes, but you know, <laughs> you're again, not looking for, to share the experience for the right in person. Price, for the right price, I can go into a live broadcast. <laughs> I can do a play by play like Joe Buck did during the early tar- parts of the pandemic of your manscaping, if you know you so desire. Uh, the phone number to reach me at, of course, is always nine one one. Ah, once again, that's twenty percent off your purchases. And, and free, free shipping. shipping. Go to manscaped.com. Honchos, baby. Honchos, the code. N C H O S. Yeah, not Honchos, baby. That's a different code. Thank you, Manscaped. All right, ladies and gentlemen. The fun stuff is over. It's time to get serious and real. Yes. Yes, the National indeed. Mediocrity League has now completed their first round playoff and they head in to the second round this weekend. And Rob is here to tell you about all the mediocrity, including his Washington football club. They're out! No the Wolfskins are dead for this year. Look, including the rest. Things. Let me the say two things. Ring. Let me say two things off the bat. Number one, I was four and two in my picks, and Mr. Cuthbert owes me a hat because the Steelers did lose to the Cleveland Browns. Yes. And I'm done. It looked good there for a little while. I'm done. I'm coming back. Picking good offenses over good defense in the playoffs. The Rams and the Ravens made me, friends, look like the DOTW this week. So, look, it was a great triple header, twin triple headers of playoff football. We are now down to the final eight. Cleveland, Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo on the AFC side. Rams, Packers, Bucks, Rams, Saints. baby, that's 
my um, LA Rams, baby. On the NFC side, look, um, it was a great weekend of games. I'm I'm happy for the 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 Bills and the Ravens those because they got they got that crashing Bills fans. They got those they got the monkeys off their backs. Now, did they do enough to convince me they have a chance against the Chiefs? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Bob. But, did but, they did they convince you enough? I'm gonna see. We'll see after this game. No, this no, is, I want again, an answer right now. No, I will say no. They have not done that's, enough see, to convince me. Neither that's one. What the people want to hear. I want They want to go. Be... Did you hear Cooney last night on the Honchos? He said the Bills ain't got a prayer. Well, we are going to see. This is the game I'm looking forward to the most this weekend: is the Ravens and the Bills because obviously, look, sorry Browns fans, the dream is over. You beat the Steelers. It was a great game. You deserve to win. I believe. I, again, I believe I had that, uh, but I don't think you have what it takes against the Chiefs. I will address. You all Money, later. If they can, I'm, if they can get to the AFC Championship game, I mean, who, which one? With the Browns? If the Browns get no, to the AFC the Championship Bills. game, oh, the Bills. The Bills. Whoever comes have out to send the stadium. National Guard from DC up to Buffalo. Perhaps, perhaps. But look, this weekend, this weekend also features this. We coming weekend features not only a game between the Bills and the Ravens, two quarterbacks from the 2018 draft facing off, but what I like to call the Ingleside Bowl, Drew Brees and Tom Brady featuring two quarterbacks over a thousand years old. So look out, America. Uh, another compelling game. I'll get to that in a moment. So uh, look, one thing that we learned from the Colts losing uh, as they did was that Philip Rivers in losing to Buffalo proved that, yes, he's also of the Ingleside crowd, but he proved that maybe this year wasn't a fluke. He outlived or outperformed the expectations we had for him. And Frank Reich has already said he'd be happy to have him on his team next year. Unlike Roethlisberger, who looked every bit of his 39 years old in the game, despite throwing for 500 yards and four touchdowns, look every bit the 39-year-old man unlike Philip Rivers. So let's, I want to look ahead now at the games that we have. It was a great weekend of games. Uh, yes, my Wolf skins made a hero out of backup quarterback, Taylor so Heineke. happy to not have to hear that name. Wolf skins, Wolf skins, Wolf skins. On this show, Graham. Oh, well, we got, just wait till training camp opens in August. No, no it's um, over. Until they come up with a new name, you're not allowed even, to mention them. Even I thought... As we know, because I got chastised by my, my podcast spouse over here for not being enthusiastic enough. Yeah, it was I didn't think they were going to put up quite the fight they did. The, the the Heineke touchdown run where he went, you know, oh, he did Bobby Ord into the end zone after slipping not one, not two, but three defenders on his way there was a spectacular run. Almost as good a run as uh, Lamar Jackson's run um, against the Titans, his 48-yard touchdown run. So they played a great game. They lost. Look, there's nothing but optimism. The needle is certainly pointing up for the Wolfskins going into 2021. Um, otherwise, you know, the playoffs went mostly to expectations. I said that the the Bears-Saints game was a game you could – was the game where you go and see your family for three hours to take a break from the 18-plus hours. 
Good call. Of football. Okay, it was the only they good thing about Nickelodeon, though. The only good thing about that game was Nickelodeon, which we will, if we if we have time, we'll talk about that. Um, but this weekend coming up, look, the Rams are going to Green Bay. That's no small feat. Uh, they have the best defense in the playoffs. Apologies to the Ravens, but between uh, Aaron Donald, who's his his he ended the game with a with a knee injury, a quad injury, somewhere in that neighborhood. We'll see how he. You know, if he can go this weekend, I'm sure he will. It's the first game of the playoffs, by the way, so that leads us off. I'm sure he'll be ready to play. Ramsey as a shutdown corner against Devontae Adams. Look, if in the cold with a dominant defense and a great game from Cam Akers will give the Packers fits. So the the secret here is can the Packers – run the ball with Aaron Jones enough to keep that defense of Los Angeles is on the field to tire them out. And then in the fourth quarter, some well-timed passes from Aaron Rodgers against a tired defense. And on the other side, can the Rams hold on to the ball long enough, speed up the clock and keep the Packers off the field? If they can shut down Devontae Adams and bring it with Cam Akers, because they're not going to get much from the quarterback position. They have a chance. They have more than a puncher's chance of knocking out the Packers. In fact, of all the, of of any of the teams, Rams, Bucks, Saints, I'd put my money on the Rams as the team best suited to beat the Packers. And then in the other game, I know it's hard for a team to beat the same team three times, but there's just something about the Saints having the Bucks number. And I think that even before uh, Brady got there. Plus, the Saints had Michael Thomas back. I think the Bucs are going to play better than the games they played earlier in the season. But ultimately, I believe uh, the Saints are going to come out on top. There's just something I know you shouldn't, you know, place your, your money on a team based on feelings, history, curses. But there's just something about the way the Saints play the Bucs. It's not going to be a 38-3 blowout. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a Rams – Yes, a Rams-Saints NFC Championship game for my boy Paul Cuthbert. You know why we want that, right? Because we want the Rams to also be behind the Saints very late in the game, uh, going on a last-minute drive and have an offensive uh, pass interference call against them, which will help them to beat the Saints again. That's what we're all hoping for. Wouldn't it be great? How about another blown call? That yes, propels I mean, the Rams want. into I mean, the Super Bowl. You, the league wants that. They want the pregame, of the course. postgame. They want all that stuff. They want all the drama. You know, I mean, I, I think they strategically put the Rams on in the afternoon, earlier in the day, so it would be a little warmer than it would be if they had to play the Packers at night in the cold. I mean, it's going to be cold either way. But that's what you want. You want the Rams and the Saints. Well, for nothing, I just... For, for not football reasons, for non-football no, reasons. Just so we can talk about what happened a couple of years ago. Yes. Um, on the AFC, look, it, it Cleveland should just keep the bus running in this game against the Chiefs. <laughs> the, their their only chance. Fantastic. I love that. Their only <laughs> chance against the Chiefs, and it's a small chance, is to use that dominant run game with uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and slow down the game. Eat clock, slow the game, keep the ball in Mahomes' hands. And for heaven's sakes, 
don't leave too much time on the clock at the end of halves with any sort of a lead. Yikes. When the Chiefs, the only chance or the only other thing that can work in the Browns' favor is we've seen this year the Chiefs kind of get bored. And they don't, we've seen the playoffs last year, they don't come out, pedal to the metal, and start throwing the ball over the field to Hill and to Kelsey um, and, and give the ball to Clyde Edwards Solaire. They don't do that. They get lulled into this false sense of security. They get kind of bored. They start leaving their own press clippings. Unfortunately, though, for Cleveland, whoever gets to play them, once they realize they have to start playing, once they wake up, then it's over. And I don't know that Cleveland can keep the ball to Mahomes' hands long enough. If it's a shootout, they're in deep guacamole. So I, I don't see any way that Kansas City isn't hosting the AFC Championship game uh, next week. And if I had to pick, and this is a hard one to pick, because, again, I think this is going to be the game of the weekend. I, I see a close game, but I got to give a tip of the old sports honchos chapeau to the Bills. Why? A Bills-Chiefs championship, AFC championship game. Well, that's what you want. Uh, well, I don't know if I want it. I mean, I'd love to see uh, the Ravens go as far as uh, possible. I'm sorry. No offense, you know. to you, no offense to you, son, but they're boring. We want, we want Bills-Chiefs. Bills-Chiefs. Bills-Mafia. Chiefs, the fa- everything. Look, the Chiefs are looking down the line here. They can see th- if they get the chance, they will put up 50 points against the Browns this weekend and get that game over with and pull everybody out of that lineup, okay? And they know that if they get either Baltimore or Buffalo, no disrespect, but they know they, they can beat either of those two teams too. There's something catastrophic is going to have to happen for the Kansas City Chiefs to not get back to the Super Bowl, okay? You look on the other side over there. Can they beat the the Rams, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Saints? Probably all of them, and maybe the Saints. And if look, if whoever comes, if the Rams can get out of there and get back to the bowl, then I'll I'll give the Rams a hell of a lot of respect for doing it. But right now, if you're in Kansas City and you're looking at the rest of the table here, and have home field, you know, for these next two games, you're going back yep. to the dance. You, you got a big it. shit-eating grin on your face. I, I think, look, the Buffalo, the Ravens and the Bills are so evenly matched. In fact, great story. Here, here, here are the advantage. Place Here's the advantage. Good stuff. The Ravens have the best kicker, who actually missed a kick last week. I couldn't believe it. I thought they had signed Billy Cundiff uh, back onto the roster. But I'll tell you where it comes down to with these two teams. And why I give the nod to the Bills is, and I know this guy's won a Super Bowl, but I don't think Harbaugh is as good a coach, as good an in-game coach, as Sean McDermott on the other side. I think it's going to come down to good coaching decisions. And we've already seen coaching malpractice from Harbaugh in the playoffs. Um, And I think that's where the – that's. I don't think it's going to come down to the kickers, but I think it's going to come down to – you look back at that game and you see a couple decisions, smart decisions that McDermott made or poor decisions that Harbaugh made – Makes and that's going to be all the difference. I think Allen and Jackson play the same game. I give the passing nod to Allen. I give the running nod to Jackson. Um, I think it's going to be a real slugfest. I don't think any either team gets out to a fourteen or twenty-one point lead before the other team realizes what's happening. Well, I think I mean, that should you, be the game of the at, weekend. Yeah, I mean, look, you look at that game. You want a fun game. You're probably going to get it. The fact that Buffalo's in it is huge. They'll be home. 
Maybe the, maybe the Gov here in New York opens up some more fans into the game. Uh, they'll have a lot of fun. Um, and I'll be pulling for the Bills to get into the AFC Championship game because, you know, for the fans up there, it's it's just great stuff. Baltimore's done it. They've been there, done that. Yep. Let's get Buffalo in there. They're, they're a fun team. It's exciting. It's new. It's fresh. The fan base is – they're out of their minds, and uh, it would be a lot of fun to see. And, I, and I, I personally think – you know, with all that going, it's you know, like I said, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They should just really just blow these everybody who's left out of the water. But football's a crazy game. You never know. Yep. And if Buffalo can kind of get in there with all that that fun stuff, and we're jumping way past it because I don't want to disrespect the Ravens' uh, experienced franchise, uh, and, and it's not going to be an easy game. But obviously, if you're sitting back and if you're not a diehard fan of any of these particular teams, you know, mm-hmm. you want the show. That's what you want. You just want and I and. And this year, there isn't a team in the field, I think, that people don't like. There's no New England that people can root against unless you live in Boston or the New England area. Well, even though I'm a Rams fan, you, you hate that logo. So, I, you know. Oh, the logo stinks. It's um, <laughs> it's eight likable teams. Yes, and I think, good stuff. you know, again, if you're not a fan of one of the teams in it, you're like, yeah, I, I don't mind any of these. I, I don't mind watching this through all any of hey, these dude, teams. Hey, dude, you're looking across the page there. There's no sign of the Patriots logo. That's a good no. thing. There's a couple of nope. couple of guys down in Tampa wearing up yep. different colors, but uh, nothing's happening up in New England. It doesn't go up to Foxborough this year. The road to the bowl. All right. Can you so, imagine though if the storyline, if if God help us, if Tampa Bay makes it to the Super Bowl, the storyline for the two weeks leading up to that. the game, it's going to be nonstop. Brady versus Belichick talk. Belichick didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Here's Tom Brady with a Bruce Arians coach team in the Super Bowl. Blah, blah, blah. I'd be totally stunned if the Saints <laughs> lose that game. I would too. I'm just saying if they make it to the Super Bowl, yeah, it's you're gonna it, it'll be like it'll be we'll have Patriot fatigue all over again, except in different colors. Look, if Tommy gets there, more power to him. It's like anybody we've had this multiple discussions on this show about certain guys, you know, like I said, hey, if you want the mantle, take it from me. So if yeah. you don't want Brady back there, we got a couple teams you gotta take him out. And he's still he's not playing like a forty three year old, unlike Roethlisberger. And unlike Rivers, you wouldn't know, except they throw it down your in your face every five minutes, that he's 43. I mean, he, he looked like no slouch against, you know, against Washington on Saturday night. And, you know, he's going to get better next year. It's not like this is his last year. Unlike Drew Brees, who we probably might say goodbye to, might say goodbye to Roethlisberger, might say goodbye to Rivers, a lot of the old guard. Brady's not going anywhere. He's not. No. But hopefully he'll be retiring soon. He might hit, unless it's a forced retirement, I don't see him going anywhere next yeah. year. No, I will send him a letter. Yeah. Send him a letter and, and say, Tom, it's time. Tom, it's time. Please. Yeah. Come on. We'll send this guy after him. Yeah, so we'll send that guy after him. All right. The, sec- the seconds have to tick off the clock, and he has to be losing for that to happen. So let's just go yes. to that. <laughs> All right, pal. Um, We're running out of time here, so what we're going to do is – um. As far as soccer goes, uh, my Manchester United are at the top of the Premier Group, and they got a huge game coming up against Liverpool, uh, and they got to win that. And I just said it, you know, hey, beat Liverpool, we'll start talking, put six points ahead. But that's that's really about the biggest story right now. That's all we got time for. There's a few seconds of soccer. I didn't even play the music. I, <laughs> Nigel was trying to get through. I said, too bad, buddy. 
It's it's no no go this week, okay? So we'll get Not back tonight. to that next week. So uh, what we're going to do is, um, you know, miscellaneous as far as, you know, me and Rob, about, about, you know, I mean, you, I, I don't really want to dive into it now, but we do have a new Jeopardy host. I know that's something that's very important to you because I guess you're watching yeah. Jeopardy every day. Well, no, I just have you been I'm a contestant su- on it, Rob? No, of course not. I'm just I'm uh, surprised. I'm tried. surprised by the choice. That's all. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to be one of the guest hosts after the season ends. Um, someone who loves Jeopardy. Alex Trebek is a hero of his. And I, all I can say is this: you go from America's favorite game show host and Alex Trebek, America's Uncle Alex, beloved. By millions of people. Certainly, he was very caustic and sarcastic and early in his career. But by the time he finished his career with Jeopardy, he softened his approach, much more lovable. Aaron Rodgers is a guy who's about as warm and friendly as a porcupine and just as much fun to hug. So I, I just – I can't see it. I, him host – I mean, yes, he does some great State Farm commercials. You know, Rob, if it happens, you don't have but to But I can't it. see it. I know, but I just I, – Aaron Rodgers – Mr. Personality? What's wrong with these guys looking? He's he's building his post NFL well, career. I, I, I can tell these you, guys' careers don't last too long. He's going to be better than Ken Jennings. I can tell you that just from a couple of his stints. Whew. Now I know you're comparing him to Alex Trebek. Actually, I'm not comparing him to Alex Trebek. I'm just comparing him to someone who can host a game show. Oh wow! So what do I know? What we'll do I see. know? The reviews will come out. I'll give you a little time. Future honchos. The yeah. nitpick on that. But it's not going to be for a while, folks. So all you Packer fans looking forward to more Aaron Rodgers, and who isn't, you'll have to wait. You'll have to wait. But you know what you don't have to wait for anymore tonight? Is it the DOTW? No! No! That's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's right. As always, the Gags Gang and I spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Please. Please to be using the hashtag DOTW on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week cup around the ice rink of shame this week? It's a tie. First what? time, at least on this show. It's a tie. JJ, it's JJ, Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool, wide receivers for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Way to go, guys! Sunday night, the Cleveland Browns won their first playoff game since 1995 and first road playoff win since 1969 against by defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers 48-37 in Pittsburgh. This game was bookended by the words of these two dopes and in the process showed us all who is and who is not a good sport and true professional. Before the game, Juju, it's a great name, Smith-Schuster said the following. I think they're nameless gray faces. They have a couple of good players on their team, but at the end of the day, I don't know, the Browns is the Browns. So besides being grammatically incorrect, uh, not only was this statement insulting to a team with four All-Pros and three starting Pro Bowlers, but it provided some extra incentive for the Browns. All-Pro defensive end Miles Garrett even put some promotional videos on his Instagram to fire up his team and his fans. The Browns, with, quote, only a couple of good players, went out and boat raced the Steelers 48-37, a game that at points was 28-0 and 35-7. to 
Uh, in his postgame presser, Smith-Schuster said he did not regret what he said and that, quote, the Browns is the Browns. This statement, again, both grammatically incorrect and completely tone deaf. The day after the game on TikTok, Claypool, a rookie, by the way, said the following. Bad loss, but the Browns are going to get clapped next week. So it's all good. Clapped, by the way, for those who don't know, is not a good thing. Now, I understand. I understand that a guy who went to Notre Dame probably knows very little about good sportsmanship. But when you lose, you have to do better. You have to be better. You want to privately trash the team's chances against the Chiefs? Fine. But in public, you have to be a good sport. It is great to be a social media star and to have a cool nickname like Mapletron. But Claypool showed that he has much to learn about behaving like a professional. The comments by Smith, Schuster, and Claypool are the equivalent of blaming the refs for the loss. It is loser talk. Instead of talking, of taking accountability, they chose to trash their opponents. They play for an organization that is the model of stability. Three coaches in 51 years and six Super Bowl wins. These two, the LA Dodgers. These two should know they're the Dodgers of the NFL. That tolerance runs thin for these kinds of shenanigans. Just ask Martavius Bryant, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown. Talented players who are shown the door for lacking professionalism. Now look, the most the indelible image of last weekend's playoff games was the scene of center Maurice or Marquise Pouncey and quarterback Ben Roethlisberger sitting on the bench looking shocked and forlorn after the loss to the Browns. What was the most impactful was Roethlisberger sitting there, helmet still on, with a single ironized Cody-like tear running down his cheek. Roethlisberger even apologized to Pouncey for letting him down. That is how professionals react to a loss. A mix of anger, sadness, and resignation. An acknowledgement that the loss hurts, at least in part because the losing players could have and should have performed better. So, Juju and Mapletron, for going to the Antonio Brown School of Social Media Operations, for making Dabo Swinney look modest and humble, and for forgetting that you trash your opponents after you win instead of before, you too are the Sports Honchos Dopes of the Week. Congrats, Mr. Smith, Schuster, and Claypool. The certificates are in the mail. Congratulations, guys! Way to go! Two dopes for the price Two of one. Two dopes for the price of one. And don't two worry, folks, dopes. we'll still have a dope of the week nice. next week, even though we had two tonight. Thank you. Thank you. We're we had to pay extra for two dopes. Meet the dope of the week supply is yes. always full, baby. Yep. Hey, I got to ask you, before we go, Rob, I mean. Yes, sir. Speaking of dopes, uh, any problem with the, the six million Roll Tide fans that rolled into the streets does lose after the game. <laughs> you know, as the great Forrest Gump once said, my friend, stupid is as stupid does. Doot, 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 doot. Uh, <laughs> well, I can't wait to see what happens in a couple of weeks down there in Bama, baby. Look for a uh, spike in COVID cases uh, in the next few weeks. COVID, COVID, go away. But hey, they have a championship, so they don't care. We're national champs, baby. That's it, man. Let's get out there. Well, congratulations to Bama and Roll Tide and all that stuff. Congratulations to you out there, folks, for hanging out with us and listening to another episode of the Sports Honchos. We will be back again next Wednesday evening to bring you more of the goods that we provide to you. More yucks. For yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, saying a good night or uh, buenas noches from Nueva York. I turn it over to Mr. Cooney. Say to the loose, my friend. 
My friends, thank you for listening. As always, please rate us, review us, subscribe, download, tell your, tell your friends, tell your pals, tell your enemies. Just have people listen to us. And we do, as always, appreciate your listenership. So have a great evening. We'll see you next week. And peace. Hot shows out!